Manx Radio Sport. A warm welcome and a very good evening to our listeners here on Manx Radio AM 1368. Welcome to Saturday Sport Classified as we round up the latest football and rugby results across the Isle of Man this weekend. As was pointed out on Paul Moran's show earlier, no hockey this weekend and next weekend as well with the half-term break underway. So we will now begin with the classified sports results across the Isle of Man for Saturday the 18th of February, starting with football. The Canada Life Men's Premier League. Douglas High School All Boys 3 Union Mills, 6. Laxey, 4. Douglas Royal, 2. St George's, 4. St John's United, 0. Peel, 2. Russian United, 1. Onken, 4. Ramsey, 5. Moran, 3. Air United, 1. In DPS Limited, Division 2. Castletown, 2. Douglas and District, 2. Colby, 2. Jims, 2. St Mary's versus Douglas Athletic, a home walkover to St Mary's. Foxdale, nil. Ramsey Youth Centre, four. Moving on to Candlelife Combination 1. Union Mills versus Douglas High School Old Boys, awaiting result. Douglas Royal versus Laxey, awaiting result. Russian United, two. Peel, nil. Ramsey, one. Onken, two. Air United versus Moran, awaiting result. And DPS Limited, Combination 2. Douglasson District, nil. Castletown, 5. Jims, 2. Colby, 4. Michael United, 3. Paul Rose, 6. Maloo, 4. Braddon, 2. And Ramsey Youth Centre versus Foxdale, a home walkover to Ramsey Youth Centre. And in the Northwest Counties Football League Premier Division, FC Ashton Athletic, nil. FC Isle of Man, 1. Those are your footballing results so far for Saturday the 18th of February. If there are any of those results that we said were outstanding, if you do have results and scorers, please please do text us those results, 166-177. And in the meantime, I'll try and be able to speak properly as I couldn't get through that entire sentence. Tony Meppham's grinning across the table from me. Well, it's time to bring him in, Tony. Um, a very good afternoon to you and an eventful afternoon as well in Manx Football. Superb afternoon. I've been spoiled this afternoon. Great game at Onken Park. <coughs> Onken just, they took the lead and you just thought, is there going to be a shock on the cards here? But unfortunately for them, uh, Ramsey shone through in the end. Uh, great battle right the way through. The way the scoreline went, just everything about it. It had 22 and substitutes coming on as well. Totally dedicated to the cause to try and make a game of it. And they certainly did that. Large crowd. Brilliant afternoon. Excellent. Well, uh, later this evening we will also have the uh, live draw for the Women's Cup, which will be held with uh, one of our guests from Canada Life, the league sponsors. That will be coming up in a few minutes' time. Let's take a look at the results this afternoon, starting off with the Canada Life Men's Premier League. A fair few games here that were absolute goal fests across the Isle of Man today, and the first one up here, nine goals in this one. Douglas High School All Boys at home to Union Mills, and Union Mills just haven't quite found the consistency in the last couple of weeks as they show at the start of the season, but back on form today, Six goals for them today, 6-3 winners at Douglas High School, all boys who are still struggling towards the bottom of the table, Tony. Yeah, they certainly are, and a uh, terrific uh, battle as well. And uh, Union Mills, with that win last week against uh, Laxey, just shows you that they're, they're going well now. And uh, it's just three, we mentioned at lunchtime, didn't we? Jordan uh, Crawley got one, Tyler Hughes got two, and Luke Booth got three. And uh, just to give you a rough idea, Jordan got the first one, 1-0. One Tyler got the second and the third, 3-1 it was at half time. Uh, three, one it was at half time. Then uh, Luke Booth uh, got one to make it 4-1. Uh, Old Boys got one back, make it 4-2. Then Luke uh, got another goal to make it uh, 4-2. 5-2 it was. And then uh, 6-2 for Luke at the end of it. So a terrific uh, game in that. Haven't got Old Boys goal scorers. So if you can text us through uh, 166-177 and we'll give the boys a mention. Well, we do actually have uh, one of the results we were waiting on in Canada Life. Combination 1 has just come through. It has finished Union Mills 3, Douglas High School Old Boys 4. No scorers for Old Boys at the moment, but uh, the scorers Callum Hunter, Lee Christian and Kobe Healy for Union Mills. We'll come on to that game in a, a few moments' time. We'll stick with the Premier League for now as well. Uh, Laxey back at Glen Road and another good result for them on home soil too, beating Douglas Royal by four goals to two, Tony. Yeah, and uh, just try to see if we've got... Uh... The goal scorers uh, through four. Uh, Laxey, no, we haven't. Uh, but uh, for Douglas Royal, Andy Asbridge got one and uh, Lewis Roberts got the other one. So good result that for Laxey back on track after that defeat last week. 
And then from Glen Roads to Glen Crutchery Road, St George's back in form at the moment and continuing it again against the strong St John's United side. St George's 4-0 winners today. Yeah, under the weather a little bit uh, today, St John's, but as we've noticed in recent weeks, Rob, uh, St George's team coming back together very nicely, players uh, returning, players from injury as well, but Kieran Olty, sorry, with another goal, Mark Connor got one, Gaz Gorn got the other one, and Josh Kane uh, completed a, a clean sheet for them, did well, and uh, 4-0 winners against one of the top sides, St John's. And just as you were speaking there, thank you very much to those who have texted in. We have the remaining scores in that we were waiting for in Canada Life Combination 1, so we can bring you those now, the ones we were waiting on. Douglas Royal 2, Laxey 2, and the other one was Air United 7, Moran 2. So thank you very much for texting those results in. Let's head back to the Premier League then, and one fixture that many will have had their eyes on out in the West today. The league leaders peel up against an informed Russian United side. We thought this might be a bit of a banana skin for Peel today and uh, they've just about scraped it, keeping that advantage at the top of the table. But Russian United, they put up one heck of a fight, didn't they, Tony? Peel, 2-1 winners today. They certainly did and I think uh, the, probably the talking point on this one is the way uh, Dean Kearns got himself sent off because uh, whatever happened, he got uh, the red card. But uh, Aaron Hawley went in goal and unfortunately for Aaron, a little bit of a mistake towards the end because he put the ball on the ground to go and kick it out and there was a Peel player just behind him could walk around, take the ball away from his feet and uh, nipped it into the back of the net. Ashley Blake it was who got the goal for uh, Russian and um, we've got a bit of a report here so we'll bring this out. Lewis Moran scored on the 83rd minute, Paul Whitehead on 86. Uh, so it just shows you how late they left it. But uh, Ashley Bakes header after 19 minutes. Russian had to survive losing uh, keeper Dean Kearns on 56 minutes. He was then red-carded for fouling Lewis Moran outside the area. Lewis Moran equalised with a header with seven minutes remaining. The winner came in dramatic fashion. Standing keeper Aaron Hawley put the ball on the floor to kick it out, but he did not realise that Aaron Castain was just behind him, who took the ball off his toes and squared to substitute Paul Whitehead who knocked it into the empty net. So costly day for Russian in the end, and uh, Peel remain top of the league with uh, 42 points. Like you say there, costly error in that game that's cost Russian United a, a chance in that one. But do you think they'll be taking you know, some good points from that, the fact that they were pushing Peel all the way until just maybe that, that one lapse in concentration or whichever? Well, definitely, because I think it was a big opportunity for Russian today to just uh, stake a claim, really, to be honest with you. And I think they'll be looking forward uh, to the Hospital Cup and the other Cups as well, the FA Cup. Uh, so uh, Peel today just, and I did say at lunchtime, how they're going to cover the loss of uh, Reese Oates, and they've done it with Paul Whitehead. Uh, he's, uh, you know, a real strong uh, player, and uh, the rest of them have just got to rally round now, and uh, hopefully the goals will still keep coming for them, because I'm not saying they're in touch and distance, because that's 17 games played now, so they've got seven left to play. But they're in the driving seat, aren't they? They've got the points on the board. Corinthians, uh, OK, if they win all their games in hand, they go uh, joint top with them on points. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of uh, ifs and buts in there when you've got games still to play. So at the moment, Peel are at the helm. They're at the top of the league and they're uh, doing well. Very well. And uh, we've just actually had another message in with the scorers for Laxey today in the 4-2 win over Douglas Royal. Ethan Hawley with two today. Brody Patience with one and Sammy Gelling with one as well. Well, then we move on. We had a nine-goal thriller elsewhere in the Men's Premier League and Tony was at the other nine-goal thriller that took place today between Onken and Ramsey. What a game. You don't half-pick them sometimes, do you, Tony? Absolutely thrilling game over there today. Onken 4 Ramsey five. Yeah, and when you think of it, uh, Onkin took the lead through uh, Paul Whitley, but um, you know just the way it all went. Then suddenly Ramsey got uh, two quick uh, goals. Uh, the sort of second one, uh, it's got to go down the goalkeeper because he pulled off two really good saves before that. Uh, but the ball came over, he collected it, unfortunately dropped it behind him, and it went uh, over the the line to uh, give them that second goal. But uh, the goal scorers I've got, and I'm sure they need to be uh, checked because uh, there's so much action going on. There's uh, an own goal, uh, Darren Tartar got one, and uh, Rob Morton, to me, was absolute star of the show. He was superb down that left-hand side. Uh, he got one, and I think it was Oliver Grice who got the other. But, uh, you know, a couple of them goal scrambles, but uh, Ramsey hung in there. 
and it was just when that uh, fourth goal went in for Onken, it was uh, McEwen got it. I just thought to myself, is this going to go the other way? Are they going to get that fifth goal? But it didn't happen for them, and unfortunately, that chance of a point went missing for them. And when you look at the foot of the table, there's a bit of pressure on them down there, isn't there, Rob, to try and get that win? Uh, but there's still plenty of games. They've only played 12 games, 12 to go, but every game's proven important to try and get those points. Very true. Well, on that subject of the team so cli- closely packed together at the bottom of the table and Moran being one of them, huge result for them to get today against uh, Air United on home soil. Moran winners 3-1 today, Tony. Yeah, it was, and uh, credit to them, and thanks to uh, David Brew getting in touch and the way Air have been going of late. Um, I didn't see this one coming, but Adam Elam with one. Uh, Carl Hartman got a goal and an own goal as well, so good day for David Brew and his boys. I'm pretty certain they're in the Crosby having a beer or two. Very well. Those are your results in the Canada Life Men's Premier League. Let's move on to DPS Limited Division 2. Castletown at home to Douglas and District. Castletown, one of those teams pushing toward the top, trying to close the gap on Michael United in second, who didn't have a game today. And, of course, St Mary's at the top, who had a walkover today. We're due to play Douglas Athletic, but Douglas Athletic unable to field the team today, so St Mary's automatically given three points there. Well, Castletown, they missed the chance to close the gap a little bit on Michael United today, held to a 2-2 draw at home by Douglas and District. That's a terrific result for D&D again, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, Castletown really charging on at the top of the table. Haven't got uh, Castletown's uh, goal scorers, but uh, certainly for uh, D&D, uh, good form by Daniel Kinley. He got one, Sam Tipper got the other one. Uh, apparently, D&D should have won, hit the bar and had a goal disallowed. Uh, but a good uh, performance in both halves because it was 1-1 at half time, 2-2 at the end. Uh, to me, it's an advantage, D&D really. It's a bonus point for them and a uh, bit of a kick in the teeth for Castletown dropping those two points. A 2-2 draw then, another 2-2 draw as well in the same division, also in the south between Colby and Jims. Yeah, and again, this one was going to be tight and uh, Jims, I know, got it back. It was 1-0 to Colby, then it was uh, 1-1. Don't know who took the lead, but uh, I think it was uh, Charlie McGon, was it, who got uh, one? It was uh, Jordan Edge who got the other one from the penalty spot. So uh, Colby disappointed in that, dropping points. Charlie McIntyre, I believe. McIntyre, okay. That's the one. Uh, as we mentioned, St Mary's uh, awarded three points, a home walkover to them uh, over Douglas Athletic, unable to field the team today. So the other game that took place in Division 2 was between Foxdale and Ramsey Youth Centre, originally due to be played at Billy Goat Park over in Foxdale, uh, but had to be moved around, I think, with the uh, weather conditions. Uh, moved down around to play, be played, I should say, over at Ramsey Youth Centre instead. And Ramsey Youth Centre, emerging winners, Tony, by four goals to nil. 2-0 at half-time, 4-0 uh, at the end, so good uh, 45 uh, minutes for them to get that advantage. I think it was uh, Sean Crawley and Josh Edge with those two goals. And then the second half, Jamie Brew and Dylan Pirish might have it round the wrong way who got those uh, two goals for uh, Ramsey sent in the second 45 and 4-0 winners. And we spoke about it, I think, with uh, Paul Moran as well before the games kicked off today. The fact that the two clubs you know, worked together to make sure this game could go ahead, even though it is a, has to be a change in venue. Uh, credit to both clubs for being able to get the game on and not have to be forced into a postponement. Yeah, that's what you've got to do, Rob. And let's face it, all they want to do is play football. This home advantage, uh, Larkin, Manx football, to me, doesn't sort of go down. But, you know, clubs, it's up to them to do it. And, you know, well done to uh, Foxdale. They approached Ramsey Centre. Ramsey Centre just checked the pitch. And uh, everything was done and dusted, sorted out. Unfortunately for Foxdale, they couldn't field the combination side. Uh, but uh, the important one was uh, getting the first another first-team game out of the way for Foxdale. They'd only played nine up until this morning, now played ten. It just looks a little bit better for them. Well, St Mary's got those three points today. Michael United not playing. Can can anyone catch those two at the moment in those two top two top spots? I still think Braddon uh, have, have got a big part to play in this because um, there's a little bit of inconsistency creeping in because when you look at Foxdale recently, they beat uh, Braddon uh, but uh, St Mary's are looking strong right the way through and you can understand that so it's still going to come from those four. When you look at uh, the games played in Division 2, Castletown has sort of got a, a game in hand or so because St Mary's have played 14 you know, Michael have uh, played uh, 11, I think it is now and uh, you've got Braddon play 12. They didn't play today. It was their uh, free week because Maloo don't have a team. And uh, there's Castletown, gone on 11 now, but on 23 points. So, you know, St Mary's are well and truly clear, but they've played a few games more than the teams around them. And, you know, you wouldn't bet against uh, Ramsey. You sent I'm not saying they're going to win the league, but certainly battle for that second spot because now they've played uh, 14 for 23 points. They're in the mix as well. Very tight in Division 2. It's, it been, it? it's definitely been one of the standout leagues of the season so far because especially, I think as you've put it as well, Michael United have been a real surprise package this season so far. 
Well, they are, and uh, I was having a few conversations this week. Do you, do you think Michael could do it? Because not being horrible to them, Michael have always been one of those clubs where they chip away in Div 2. They always do everything right on and off the park, uh, but just haven't got um, that killer inch or the players to be able to get them up there. But they're absolutely flying at the moment. It's a question of holding the nerve, isn't it? Uh, just see if they can do it. But at the moment, with the games that they've got to play, uh, I watched them against St Mary's. I thought they were superb. They've got good players right the way through. Good mix of youth and experience. I think they can. We'll wait and see. Yeah. Okay, so we move into the combination leagues now. Canada Life Combination 1. We'll start with the results there and take a quick look through those. Um, starting off with Union Mills 3, Douglas High School Old Boys 4. I think I've got the goal scorers for uh, Union Mills. I have. Uh, it was uh, Callum Hunter, Lee Christian and Kobe Healy got the goals in that one. I haven't got uh, goal, uh, any goal scorers for old boys unless... I think... Uh, thank you, Dean. I think Dean's just come through now. Um, I think that'll be first-team goal scorers put there. So, Tension's uh, no, killing me. No, there it is. Sam Holiday. <laughs> no, when I saw it there, Sam Holiday's the first-team goalkeeper. Sam played in the combi today, so he got one. Drew Ward, Andrew Ward got one. Lee Gartland and uh, Johnny Gartland. So there you have the four goal scorers there for all boys. Excellent. And then deadlock between Douglas Rawl and Laxey, a 2-2 draw. Yeah, I haven't got uh, any goal scorers uh, from that. Have you got it there, Rob? None in front of me at the moment. So if we, no. uh, if, if anyone does have the scorers for Douglas Rawl versus Laxey in combination one, please text them through one double six one double seven. Okay, Russian versus Peel and Russian continuing that unbeaten, this fantastic run they're on in combination one at the moment, beating Peel by two goals to nil. That's their 14th game, 14th win. So, uh, and the closest contenders to them are Peel and today uh, they beat them 2-0, 1-0 at half time uh, Charlie uh, Jackson with the goal, Ryan Crawley got uh, the second one so you know it's looking really good now for Russian isn't it but still a few games to play and could slip up Well there was a uh, very close game, that very entertaining game between Onkin and Ramsey in the Premier League, Ramsey and Onkin also faced off in combination one a close game here, decided by one goal not quite as many goals but uh, Onkin coming out on top on this one, beating Ramsey by two goals to one yeah, still a good game from what I heard. Haven't got Ramsey's uh, goal scorer, but for Onken, uh, Dylan Vick with one and uh, Billy Coulter uh, got the other one. And what I have to say, Rob, and I know I took on board what you said to me at lunchtime off air, is the young players at Onken, there's some talent there. And if they can just develop them, hopefully none of them go to university and uh, stay at home, then uh, Onken could be a huge team in the Premier League uh, next season or season after. That's if they stay up there. And I think with them young players, they can. Very well. And the final game in combination one today, Air United versus Moran. Air United getting the upper hand in this one, winning by seven goals to two. And I think that's all the information we've got, unless you've got any goal scorers there. None at the moment. So, nope. as ever, we're, if you have goal scorers from that game, any details, do text in one double six one double seven. Before we move on to uh, combination two and the results there, just had a message in from James, just asking you, Tony, how many postponed fixtures are left to play on top of the remaining cup and league games, as far as you know? Uh, there's a few uh, I don't know exactly I'm not sort of worried about it but uh, yeah there's still quite a few games uh, to come in I'll calculate that out for you James next week but uh, you know with cup games coming in that poor weather that we had Rob where all the pitches were waterlogged and then the snow and everything else to contend with um, we've got uh, the Woods Cup coming up next week so that'll be a few more postponements to go in there and people say why do you put Division 2 fixtures on when you put the Woods Cup on which is Division 2 because the postponed fixtures then gives me fixtures to rearrange. I know it sounds daft, but as the FA Cup progresses, usually the Division 2 sides go out a little bit earlier and it's the Premiership sides that go through. So it allows us just to get a few games on. So naturally it will all start to... The pieces of the so puzzle will come together over the over the coming weeks. But as you say, it, it's not it's not an easy job because when you're battling against the elements, you really do have no control over that, do you? Well, you can't. And like today, we lost uh, Foxdale and Onken Stadium's brilliant. Um, you know the pitch was good so well done to everyone that works there the grand staff work hard and hopefully the weather's going to change and we get some better weather but uh, someone said to me maybe some more snow coming in in March hope not Fingers crossed that they don't uh, <laughs> affect more games than they already have, so we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one, won't we? Okay, let's move on to DPS Limited Combination 2 and the games there. Uh, there were five games scheduled. One uh, was off today. That was Ramsey Youth Centre against Foxdale. That was called off, but we'll start with four games still going on. Douglas and District versus Castletown. Well, Castletown in Division 2 unable to get the better hand of Douglas and District held to a draw, but their combination team uh, convincing winners at Douglas and District today, 5-0. Yeah, and I haven't got any goal scorers 
scorers, I take it. Uh, Paddy must be away because he's usually very good to get the goal scorers in. But important thing for Castown, three points, five nil win. Very well. And then uh, between Jims and Colby, Colby 4-2 winners away from home. Yeah, and I'll let you uh, rattle out these goal scorers, uh, Rob, because it's your uh, writing and you sure you're not a doctor? <laughs> I see. Just deflecting, that's what it is. No, you just read that one. <laughs> okay, so we do have Colby's goal scorers, not Jim's. Uh, it was 1 1 at half time, in fact. Uh, the goal scorers for Colby were Finn Mulligan, Eden Ludgate, Chris Spears, and Harry Walker. Thank there you, you very much. That's how it's done. Good man. That's how it's done. Another high scoring game as well in uh, combination two between Michael United and Paul Rose. Paul Rose coming out on top, 6 3 winners. Yeah, and uh, Michael's goal scorers, Carl Moore, got one, Nathan Farragher, and uh, John Workman got the other one. But uh, for Paul Rose, Billy McBurney, who started today, he got two goals. Brian Lowther got one, JP Joyce, David Priestnell still playing. Well done, David. And uh, Jason Kelch got the other one. So, super result for Pulley. And the final game so far of the day, Malou versus Braddon and Malou coming out on top by four goals to two. Yeah, Malou to- uh, second in the table, I think they are, just behind Ramsey U Centre. Uh, Lee Cura got uh, one for Braddon and Lex uh, Medley got the other one from the penalty spot. I haven't got uh, Malou's goal scorers. Well, those are your scores in Manx football on Saturday, the 18th of February. Well, that's not the end of football. We do have... FC Alaman to talk about in just a little bit, but first off, we do have a cup draw to take place, and we're delighted to be joined by Richard Adams of Canada Life as well, who's going to be helping us out. So, uh, Richard, very good evening to you. Uh, good evening to yourself. Um, did, as, a, as a big sponsor of the um, football and league on the Isle of Man, looking into this latest season, seems to be uh, lots of entertainment across the different divisions, so it must be great to see from a sponsor side uh, so hotly contested the different divisions. Yeah, it's great, great entertainment. I've been to a couple of games myself. It's been great to watch. And yeah, as a sponsor, Candlelife Enjoy, supporting our communities. I think they've been involved in football for a very long time now. And we're very proud to do that. And especially now with the women's game the last few seasons. Yeah. Like you say, Canada Life supporting some of the men's and the women's divisions as well. You've got someone like uh, DPS separately who are um, sponsoring uh, Division 2 and the Combination Leagues. The fact that we have prominent local businesses such as yourself continuing to support Manx football, whatever challenges that may be thrown at it, like in any other sport, whether it's the Isle of Man or around the world, uh, to, to be assisting them to make sure that they can continue things and that you are, uh, I suppose, shining a bit of a light on what sport's available on the Isle of Man. It's, uh, it, it's good to see that, isn't it, that combination between the two sides. Yeah, it's great to help out as much as we can. So I think successful businesses on the island, I think they all enjoy supporting the local community. Excellent stuff. Well, uh, Tony, first off, could you just take us through a couple of the details of the draw that we're just about to take? Yes, yeah, the Canada Life uh, Women's FA Cup. And as uh, Rich has just said, uh, thanks again to Canada Life because uh, they sponsored the island team and then they sponsored the league. They've sponsored the league now over 10 years, 15 years in total with the Ireland team. And uh, when we're looking for a, a women's sponsor, um, Vicky and uh, Dan and uh, Sean were all there, only too happy to help. And, um, you know, there's diversity and inclusion as, uh, you know, the world is big in now. And when you look at uh, women's football over in the UK at the moment, we're going to try and replicate that in the Isle of Man. And with uh, Canada Life support, we could do that because they've also taken on board to sponsor the women to go to uh, Guernsey in the Ireland Games. And uh, when you look back at uh, previous results, they're always there or thereabouts uh, for the uh, awards and uh, some young, really good young players coming through. And I'm pretty certain that Wayne Lisi appreciates all that and uh, the girls as well. And we just want to get them out of their misery and get two games out of the way for the first round of the Canon Life Women's FA Cup. So Richard has six balls in the bag. Uh, I've pre-shown him what's expected of him. So if you can uh, draw out... The first one, and uh, we'll see who gets the home tie. Uh, the first team is team number four. Number four is a home game for Malou. And they'll be against team number five. Number five is Onken. So the first game is Malou against Onken. Second game, please. Final game. The home side will be number three. Number three is Douglas Royal. And they'll be playing number one. Number one is Castletown and just to make sure everything's right you should have uh, two more teams left in that bag should be yep. number two and number six two and six are there excellent so that's uh, buys for if you like uh, the two top teams which is uh, Corinthians and uh, Peel uh, but uh, the four teams who do have a fixture and I think these are played on Sunday the 12th of March is Malou will have a home tie against Onken and the second game out is Douglas Royal against Castletown thank you Richard yeah, that was me. harmless, wasn't it? 
<laughs> Direct and to the point. That's what we like, Richard. Thank you very much indeed. Well, Tony, just having a look at those ties. Women's FA Cup draw. Uh, you expect the fixtures to be played on the 12th of March as it stands. Malou versus Onken and Douglas Royal versus Castletown. Which of those maybe stands out as the uh, standout tie of the two? Well, I think um, Malou against Onken. Uh, Malou will fancy their chances against uh, Onken. They played each other recently. But Onken are quite capable when they've got the full team out of uh, competing with the top teams, as they've shown this year already. So I'm pretty certain that uh, Liam Thomas and uh, Brian Callow are very happy with that draw. And I'm sure that uh, Malou will be looking to cause an upset. Douglas Royal against Castletown uh, should uh, go to uh, Douglas Royal. You know, at the moment, it's like Corinthians Peel and Douglas Royal, the top three. But um, Douglas Royal... Again, a lot of good young players who are coming through, learning their trade, and um, they'll be looking to uh, go through, and I think they will, against a, a cast-down side that struggles at times with players' commitment to work in, in other sports. Very well. OK, let's move on to FC Isle of Man. They were hunting back-to-back victories today after a 4-1 win last weekend at home to Earlham, which ended a six-game losing streak. They travelled to Wigan this weekend and this afternoon to Brocksteeds Park to take on bottom of the table Ashton Athletic and FC Isle of Man they wanted three points and they got them they had to work for them to get a narrow 1-0 victory today over Ashton Athletic Dean Lees's close range attempt in the first half the difference between the two sides meaning FC Isle of Man do themselves a bit more of a favour to try and get themselves away from the relegation zone as we enter the final games of the NWCFL Premier Division season well at full time I caught up with FC Alabama's interim manager Paul Jones to get his thoughts on today's performance and his side securing vital back-to-back wins in the last seven days. Yeah, it was it was a really good performance, very different from last Saturday. Um, for those that watched us at home, um, you know the pitch was a bit of a sticky wicket, and um, you know it was a bit windy, and you know it wasn't really conducive to flowing football. But um, you know that we created a lot of good chances in the first half, um, but but we're probably not at our best shall we say, in um, second half, we upped our intensity a little bit and, um, you know, did well. Um, but, you know, Ashton, obviously, we're playing for the win, so we're, we're battering long balls into, into our half of the pitch for the last kind of 15, 20 minutes or so. And, and the players defended really, really well and limited them to very, very few chances over the 90 minutes. So really positive again in a, in a, in a different way, maybe, to, to last week. But, um, yeah, a great performance. Um, lovely to keep a clean sheet for the first time in a while, and that always gives you a chance to to win a game of football. It seemed like you started out pretty positive and a really good tempo, and of course got that that first and decisive goal, Dean Lease scoring from close range in the first half. Do you think how much did that starting tempo play into you actually getting the result over ninety minutes? How important was that start? Yeah, it was important. And, you know, as I said, and I said to the players at half time, you know, it wasn't actually that intense and the tempo wasn't anywhere near what, what it could have been. Um, but it was enough to cause some problems at times. Um, we had three quick lads up front and balls over the top caused, caused their defenders some problems. And, you know, some excellent play down the left hand side from Jacob Crook. Kind of, you know, Dean was practically on the line when he finished it. Although by the time he gets to the Isle of Man, he might be on the halfway line. But, um, yeah, it, it was really good. But it, we were actually disappointed when we went in at half time and um, we thought our standards weren't quite as good as we, we expected them to be. Um, but it was, it was enough today. And, and, you know, Ashton have had some good results recently against some good sides. And, you know, they were very stiff test and good opposition. But yeah, that, that first kind of 30 minutes or so, we created a number of really good chances. And unfortunately, one of them went in. You've already touched on it there. You obviously tried to play a certain brand of football. And you said maybe on a surface like the bowl, it's different than playing at Brocksteeds Park today. A bit of a sticky pitch, as you put it. But do you think that shows a different side to your players that they're able to possibly, to, to coin the phrase, win ugly? You have to at this level of football, you know, that that's the bread and butter really of step five football. You know, you, you can't expect to go out and, and pass people off the pitch. They well they, firstly they won't allow you to do it and, and obviously as you go through winter the pitches don't allow you to do it as well. So, you know, we you've got to play to the conditions, you've got to play to the opposition, you've got to do what you need to do to win a game of football and, and I thought the players did that exceptionally well today. Um and on you know, next week when we play Presswich, the pitch might be different, they might be set up different and we might have to find a different way to win a game. So that's all part of the learning and development of the group. And, you know, however however you win, it doesn't really matter 
matter too much as long as you do win and, and they certainly did that today. You made a raft of changes in the second half. The likes of Sean Doyle and Tom Craig coming back in, both are coming back from uh, little niggles, little injuries that they had. Do you feel like your squad's getting to a point now with players returning that you have that little bit more depth to continue to try and succeed in this division throughout the rest of the season? Yeah, you know, I think, as I've said to you from day one, I've, I've always believed in the player group and I think some of those younger players now are getting more and more experience and with a little bit of kind of maybe the older or wiser heads around them starting to come back in it, it certainly helps you know so I think we've always had a strong squad but I think now with the players getting the experiences they've got they've, they've improved significantly they understand the game at this level far better than they did maybe three or four months ago so yeah, it's going to be very tricky over the next few weeks with with lots of players around, all playing well. I, wa- I found a way really to make sure every player got on the pitch today because I wanted them to be part of, you know, sticking it out, a, a tough result really. Um, and that's all really good for their development as well. So, no, they, they were all to a man exceptional and um, you know thoroughly deserve to, to go home on the plane with three points OK and then looking forward to next week you're back on the travels again um, a, a tough fixture away at uh, Presswich Hayes who have had a very good season so far so just having a look at what's happened today and maybe in the previous game as well that's led to those victories in the last two games what would you think you need to take into that tough game at Presswich Hayes to, to continue this run? Well at least what we've um, what we've delivered in terms of our um, structure and organisation and discipline um, and effort levels you know that's that's the minimum required really um, and then the pitch might enable us to play a little bit more like we want to play but um, you know certainly not forgetting what's got us the, the six points over the last two games that's really really important so not getting carried away keeping on doing the basics really really well um, and in time those basics will become more automatic for us and we can maybe move on to some more exciting things from the players point of view but there's there's no um, getting away from it really there's some things that just need to be done to give you a chance of winning a game of football at this level and and we, we need to make sure we remember that and, and turn the dial up on that a little bit next week as well. Paul Jones, the interim manager of FC Isle of Man after his team's 1-0 win today away at Ashton Athletic. Well, uh, Tony, just to get your thoughts as well, uh, we all wondered how FC Isle of Man would try and build on that big result at home to Earlham last weekend and how they would do against an Ashton side who were bottom of the table but picked up some really good results going into this one. Yeah. Last weekend, an away win at AFC Liverpool. That is no mean feat at all. Um, Paul Jones talking there about it being a sticky pitch over at Brocksteeds Park and whether they had to win a bit ugly, he said they had to win a different way today. Do you think that bodes well for the sort of mentality these players are capable of and if they can do it consistently? Well, it does because uh, when you think of it, every home game, they're playing on a luxurious surface. I know it's 3G, but they know it's uh, playable and this is why people like to come over and play. But I saw some of the shots uh, just before lunchtime, Rob, of, of the games that were being postponed across, you know, because of the waterlogged pitches. So it's going to be like that, but that's what you've got to do. It's just as difficult for both sides, but it's terrific. That's six points in two games now. Uh, tough game uh, next Saturday, and then the next home game, hopefully another three points, and I think that will put them in a, a good position. But, you know, Dean Lee's delighted for him. I think, um, you know, he's he's been terrific at the start of the season. And then he picked up that injury. He deserved his uh, selection. And uh, all the hard work, the half past six uh, training sessions on Tuesday and Thursday have shone through. But Paul will be delighted, the team will be delighted and uh, they can hopefully survive in this league because that's what we all want. And Paul almost alluded to it there in the first half. They were one goal up, that decisive goal, as it turned out to be over 90 minutes. But they went in maybe a little bit disappointed at halftime. They thought they could have had more. Does that show that confidence is building as well? That they've they've got faith in themselves that they can not only get themselves in front and get on the front foot, but really start to take the game to these teams as well? Well, it is. And as the tacking players I heard on commentary, uh, Mikey Williams was outstanding today, which, you know, Mikey's been a little, not quiet, but... Uh, not himself over the last uh, two or three games because he's just coming back from a serious injury. So hopefully he's back in there. Sean Doyle's uh, back in training. He travelled with the squad today, which is great. Uh, Steve Whitley's been in uh, really good form and Luke Murray's not far away from uh, being included either in the squad or back into training. So it all looks uh, good for uh, Paul Jones because when I saw Fura get sent off in the last few minutes last week, I thought, wow, that's a real you know downer because he was the only one that's around there. But... Dean Lees came on last week, played on that left-hand side. I don't like him in that position. I prefer him on the right. But when you've got Steve Whitley there causing all sorts of problems, then stay with what you know, and uh, that's what he's done. 
Just finally, um, looking ahead to their next game, a very tough away game, this one away at Presswich Hayes, one of the real heavyweights of the division, really. They beat FC Alaman 3-0 at the ball earlier this season. And uh, if they were to get anything from that, given the, the form that they're in, that would be a huge result for them, wouldn't it? Well, it would, but uh, you look at the games that we saw at Avro and we also saw Vauxhall Motors. I was disappointed in Vauxhall Motors because league leaders, I thought, you know, they're going to uh, run amok here on FC Alaman, but they didn't. And that's one thing, I think, right the way through this season, Rob, even though um, they've not had a bit of luck sometimes, and I know Paul doesn't like that in words, but he's had to deal with a lot of key players missing and the players that have come in have done the job. And uh, I don't think it will phase them. I think confidence is huge. And with getting six points and, and possibly relax a little bit, um, the performance will come in next Saturday, get another three points maybe, three the week after, and uh, all the bad results are then forgotten. Well, Tony, thank you very much once again. We'll be catching up with you in a couple of days' time. Manx Radio Sport. So moving on to rugby now, and it's been a very positive day indeed for Manx sides across the water in their respective competitions. We also have one game locally in the Ravenscroft Manx Trophy. We'll be hearing from Dave Christian in a couple of moments, but we'll bring you first off the classified rugby results for the Isle of Man today. Starting in the Regional 2 Northwest. Broughton Park 19, Douglas 32. In the Counties 3 ADM Langs Cheshire League, Port Sunlight 26, Vagabonds 31. And in the Ravenscroft Manx Trophy, Nomads Greens 19, Ramsey 72. And Castletown versus Ramsey and Western Vikings at Paulson Park postponed. Those are your classified rugby results on the Isle of Man for Saturday, the 18th of February. Time then to bring in our man in the know on rugby as ever, Dave Christian. Uh, Dave, very good evening to you. Yeah, good evening, Rob. I'm, I'm not sure about man in the know, but uh, uh, yeah, the man with the, the match details, I guess, is probably fair to say. That's not a bad way of looking at it, but uh, okay, let's start with Regional 2 Northwest. Douglas travelling to Broughton Park. Douglas with that nice little buffer um, away from the bottom of the Regional 2 Northwest up against the Broughton Park side just below them. Had a couple of games in hand as well. They'll have seen that as an opportunity, but uh, Douglas capitalising massively and a big win for them today. Yeah, I mean, Douglas, as you say, that buffer uh, was of assistance to them. But uh, I'm sure that there'll be much more five points in the bag from this match. Um, they're in a little bit of a precarious position than Vagabonds. And uh, there's a little bit of comfort around that. Allows the players a little bit more freedom than continually looking at the scoreboard. Um, they've beaten Broughton Park at Portishee. They travelled with a game in the first half. His try was converted by Luke Highland, who also added a penalty and that left Douglas leading 10 time in the second half Sam McCord went over twice that pushed Douglas clear Highland converted one of those as well and then to cap it all off coach Phil Pringle made his first start of the season uh, he'd been playing himself off the bench up until now but, but uh, playing himself from the start to have done the job he got the fourth try that secured douglas's bonus point converted and added a late penalty test but they have a 12 point advantage come to portishi i think it's on the 4th of march and uh, that'll be another opportunity for douglas to pick up some more points so um, probably if i was a betting man i'd say douglas are probably going to uh, avoid relegation this season and that will give them an opportunity to regroup over the summer and push on uh, next season in Regional 2 Northwest. OK, then looking through Counties 3 ADM Langs Cheshire League, uh, Vagabonds away at Port Sunlight. Vagabonds bottom of the Counties 3 ADM Langs Cheshire League at the moment. I think, Dave, you put it in your report as almost a bit of a, a do-or-die situation, a bit of a do-or-die fixture for them today to avoid finishing at the bottom of the table as a guarantee. Quite the opposite happening today uh, from the challenge that they were expected to have. Vagabonds coming away with victory today. A big one for them away at Port Sunlight. Vagabonds winners by 31 points to 26. Absolutely. Uh, they'll be, I was going to say they'll be pleased with the result, but that would be one hell of an understatement. Uh, they're going to be ecstatic about that result. Uh, they haven't had a win on the field this season. The only one, the win column for them prior to this was when old Bedians failed 
and they were awarded five points under the competition rules. So to get a win on the pitch for them, absolutely marvellous. The players have been steadily improving since just before Christmas. Uh, they pushed Duckinfield really close at Bella Fletcher. Didn't quite get over the line that day, but they have done today. And uh, that's quite important for them. Um, it doesn't get them off the bottom of the table. They are still bottom, but uh, they're now just three points behind Port Sunlight. Uh, they've got the same number of games left. And um, they're probably going to finish second to bottom, I would guess, uh, if they can pick off a win in their final matches. Um, but uh, for Vagabonds, the future's still a little uncertain because the there are rather complicated set of rules about promotion and relegation, which only the RFU could come up with. But uh, it'll be a decision made by the division's organising committee. And um, what they have to do is see what's going to happen at the level below. Uh, it's only a small league down underneath Vagabonds, and there have been quite a few walkovers in that. So I suspect we'll see a couple of teams drop out of that, and it may mean Vagabonds will hold station no matter whereabouts they finish in the league table. Today, though, it was all good. They left it right to the very end, so any travelling supporters would be uh, nail-biting for much of the match. And it was uh, a clearance kick to charge down by Stevie Gorn. Uh, that gave Cal Donnell an opportunity to score the try. He made the, the score, and that won the game for them. Uh, they've been on level footing all the way through, though. Uh, new signing Dan Bonwick went in for two tries. Joe Lowe got one, as did Aaron Leddingham, whose try secured them the bonus point. Cam Finley had kicked three conversions along the way, and uh, that keeps them, as I said, rooted to the foot of the table. But uh, they've got Berry, I think, going to visit for the final game of the season. I think that's about the 11th of March, and a win against Berry would just uh, uh, could potentially put them above Port Sunlight. But uh, that's uh, all. <laughs> that's all in the future. Those guys will be certainly celebrating this this afternoon. I play to them too. They've worked hard, and they deserve something on the pitch. Well, yes, Dave, you just sort of alluded to it before that uh, even if Vagabonds were to finish at the bottom of the table, that relegation is not a certainty. It depends on what happens to teams below and how the leagues are structured uh, come the next campaign. Well, what indication, if any, is there at this point as to when a decision might be made on the structures of the league? Does it have to be after the season has concluded and therefore Vagabonds will have to wait no matter what? Um, there'll be a decision. I think the Divisional Organising Committee will take their time and they'll make sure that anybody who wants to enter or indicate whether or not they're leaving um, will, I think that is sometime third week in May, there and thereabouts, um, certainly before the end of June, uh, because by the end of June, they'll want next season's fixtures to have been uh, decided and all the league structure mapped out. So it won't be that long for them to wait. Um, I don't think logistically it doesn't make too much difference for them. Uh, whether they find out in April, May, June or July, to be to be quite honest. Um, the fixture list will be out when it's out. But um, the Divisional Organising Committee uh, like to have um, everybody confirmed in or out before they'll make a call on relegation. And the, the actual playing regulation says something like um, the promotion and relegation follows normal RFU rules, except that level seven and below, which is Vagabonds. And uh, it then goes on to say that it follows the normal rules, but the Divisional Organising Committee have discretion to vary them uh, to ensure that the leagues above and below remain with the same number of sides in as started the previous season. Um, so make of that what you will. Uh, it's, it's For me, because I've been doing this a long time, it's uh, the usual uh, RFU complexity. Uh, because everything's run by uh, several committees, everybody wants to put their oar in and there's never really any certainty. And the other thing, of course, the RFU like to do is make sure that travelling distances are kept as, as uh, short as possible. And sometimes that involves, uh, they call it levelling across. So uh, this is in a, 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 a Lancashire and Cheshire uh, pyramid, but there could be teams moving over from uh, Staffordshire or into Staffordshire or out of Staffordshire uh, just to make sure that um, the travelling distances are as low as possible, because that's been a big bugbear in Lancashire, Cheshire and Cumbria for certain. I mean, teams from East Manchester haven't travelled to Carlisle, and perhaps further north has been a bugbear for, for many years, and the current structure is supposed to try and avoid some of those big travelling distances. Um, it's working so far, 
but uh, I, like I said, I had a glimpse at the Division Four earlier on this afternoon, and uh, there's two or three walkovers every week, and uh, that tells me that there's not enough player support to have those sides in there on a regular basis, and probably we're going to see some of them drop away. So we could see a Division Four next season with only three or four teams in it. On that basis, it's not really worth entering, but uh, that will be a decision for the uh, Divisional Organising Committee to make as or when the season finishes. Very well, we'll see how that unfolds. Well, there was one game domestically in the Ravenscroft Manx Trophy. One of the games was called off. That was Castletown versus Ramsey and Western Vikings at Pulson Park. That's postponed. But one of the games did go ahead over at Balakilia, the one that you were at day between Nomads Greens and Ramsey. And Ramsey convincing winners by 72 points to 19. Yeah, the Castletown game off because of insufficient players. But there were players who were prepared to go there and play. So what they did was they all headed off down to Balakilia. And Nomads Greens became Nomads Greens and Guests. I think there was uh, Douglas were involved, Castletown were involved, and Western Vikings as well uh, as Nomads. So uh, we've got basically had four clubs represented for Nomads this afternoon. Um, it was all good fun. Uh, unfortunately, it was a big score for Ramsey, uh, which uh, put a little dent probably in the afternoon for those players who did turn up. Uh, 72-19, the Ramsey backline just a little bit too quick for Nomads on the day. Uh, Josh Coutin and Braden Roach scored the early tries for the Blues. Uh, Harry Goodwin, the Western Viking, playing for Nomads this afternoon. He struck back for Nomads. Sean Christian converted that. But then Ratliff went in for a try of his own. Josh Coutin got a second. And then Sean Christian crossed for Nomads and converted his own try. And that left Ramsey 24-14 ahead after an almost breathless opening 25 minutes. And started to ease away at the end of the first half. Uh, Jake Richmond, he went over for one. Josh Coutin completed his hat-trick, and they led 36-14 at half-time. In the second half, Will Keenan, who was on the island for the weekend and uh, fancied a run-out, he went over for Ramsey early in the second half. Nomads replied at the other end through Connor McCocken, uh, but Ramsey then ran away with it. Uh, play got a little bit more fragmented. That suited the quicker Ramsey backline. Dan Richmond grabbed two. Josh Coutin got his fourth and Dale Ratliff went over twice in the closing stages to complete a hat-trick of his own. Very well, and just one final question, I guess, before we let you go. The Ravenscroft Manx Trophy, it's in this cluster format that we've seen over the last few weeks uh, to make sure that teams and players are getting as many games as possible, replacing the Manx Shield. Now that we're a few weeks in this cluster format, from maybe what you've heard from players and coaches or others, how is it being received at the moment? Well, it depends who you're talking to. Um, the coaches don't like it. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> but uh, on the other hand, it's the players who are involved who are the main driver for anything. The Manx Shield format wasn't working the way it, it, it was being run. Uh, there were far too many walkovers. And you essentially had uh, Ramsey and Southern Nomads had about a team and a half each. Uh, so that meant that the, the blues, greens and reds and whites, uh, it meant they're essentially the same players over and over again. Um, Castletown had a massive amount of uh, on their uh, squad. They went down to a handful of players. And uh, Western Vikings up and down a little bit. Uh, they can get, get out two-thirds of the team, maybe a little bit more on occasion, but uh, it's Something had to change, and that's why they went to the cluster format. Um, I don't know, the RFU computer system won't let me put the fixtures into it. Uh, but uh, the players are enjoying it. Uh, they're getting regular rugby. Uh, there's not, not quite as much. Well, Dave, sorry to interrupt you, but we seem to be having a few more technical gremlins with your microphone that have been, uh, I know, plaguing you throughout the day. But thank you, as ever, for the roundup of today's game. A great games, I should say. Great days for Douglas and Vagabonds and a commanding win for Ramsey in the Ravenscroft Manx Trophy. So Dave Christian with that report there. Very, a lot of thanks to him, as ever. 
Well, we're going to round things off tonight looking at motorsport, and there are 100 days now until the Alamantiti races in 2023, and Michael Rutter will be back at this year's races on the Snaefell Mountain course on the Honda RCV MotoGP replica, which he last rode here in 2019. Chatting about his choice of machinery for this summer, he was chatting to Dave Moore. I had a hard time last year at the TT really just um, with a few issues with the, the BMW and uh, obviously the tyre situation. And uh, I really struggled to get into it. You know, it's been sitting in the corner, RCV, for a couple of years now, since 2019. Obviously, everything's got a shelf life and how many miles are on the engine um, was up to mileage virtually. So we had to look into it to try and get rebuilt and uh, get back out again. And luckily, we can get everything for it and... Uh, we thought, why not? Why don't we, um, you know, it sounds good. A lot of people still ask about it. It's something different out there to, you know, all the normal Hondas and Suzukis and uh, BMWs and Kawasaki's and that. So it'd be nice to see it in here. You know, it's obviously competitive wise. It's um, obviously a few years old now, that bike is 2000, I think, 16. We're not going to be um, going for race wins, but at my age anyway, we're not looking at that anyway. We're just trying to get round there and get round there to a reasonable pace and put on a nice show. You're the other side of 50 now, so what keeps bringing you back? <sighs> I don't know. We, we, um, me and John McGuinness were speaking about, you know, what the, what the hell are we doing? But, you know, we get so much enjoyment out of, of racing and, and riding, um, especially, you know, like riding something like the RCV and we've got the um, new R7 Yamaha we're building, which is interesting as well. So, what do you do? You know, it's, there isn't a, you only as, you know, we, we are 50, I'm going to be, me and John are going to be 51 this year and we start at CT and like, you look back and think, God, where's all that gone? And, you know, we've still got a lot of experience and uh, we can get around at half reasonable speed. We're not going to be anything like we used to be, but yeah, we enjoy it. I think that's the, that's the down to it. You've got to, we're doing it for so long, you've got to enjoy something and that's what we do. A special TT for you as well this year. It'll be your 80th start. Or oh, you've had 80 starts, I think, already, haven't you? Your father, Tony, multiple TT winner and TT world champion, 82 starts. So all being well, you'll surpass that total. Yeah, hopefully. It'll be uh, it'll be good, won't it? Um, you know, my dad, uh, obviously, 82 starts. And um, I never realised it was 80 till uh, I looked into it uh, last week. So, yeah, it's a fair old uh, number of starts, isn't it? And, I miss like so many years as well, like not coming to TT from 2000 to 2007. If I'd have carried on, it could have had a, a load more. But I mean, I think it's 34 years of racing now I've been doing. It's like, my God, it's <laughs> like, where, where's, where's it gone? And uh, yeah, you just, um, it's obviously got to come to an end sometime. But while still uh, get around, okay, and enjoy it, I'll keep, keep having a go. You've written two books about your life in racing. The second being really about your dad. Yeah, you know, we've got uh, Life of a Race and Life of a Race 2. So it's um, it's a book mainly about me looking at my dad's career. And, you know, my dad did so much to racing and so many people asked about him, so many people provided stories. Something a bit different to, to how my career went and unfortunately how we ended up as well. So nice a bit of a tribute to my dad as well. And, uh, yeah, I think um, both books are different, completely different in mm-hmm. different ways. But... Uh, you know, it's to, from from the heart and I tell it how, how it is, basically. Okay, finally then, you're just in off the RCV. What will you be doing in terms of preparation for the TT? I know there's this question mark about the Northwest, but what's the plan? Yeah, um, we've got um, doing Goodwood. Um, 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 a members meeting is called um, on some classic bikes. Uh, I'm going to try and get out at Silverstone. And then we've got quite a bit of testing in Spain. So I'll have plenty of mileage. And obviously the Northwest 200, uh, uh, as well so you know we'll we'll be up to speed by then michael rutter chatting with dave moore there well that's all we have time for on saturday sport classified this week thank you very much for joining us on manx radio am 1368 and digital for your latest roundup of sporting results across the isle of man we'll now be handing over to christy de haven over on our fm frequency have yourself a wonderful saturday evening and have a wonderful weekend as well until next time from me it's bye for now Manx Radio Sport.